listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. Well, Pastor Rocky last week started our Sabbath series called, titled Give It a Break. And this week, uh, we're going to continue that. But Pastor Rocky shared from Exodus uh, chapter 20 about how Sabbath gives us an eternal break. And today we're going to continue this series and we're going to kind of highlight what it looks like to have a vocational break. And today we're going to talk about how to do work and how to do Sabbath successfully. Work is what we do six days a week and Sabbath is what we do one day a week. Some people tend to be better at one rather than the other. Um, If you find yourself that you like to maybe work a little bit more, you tend to find yourself on that end of it. You, You maybe find yourself on the end of being burned out at times. Maybe you find yourself being very tired and weary at the end of the work week. Um, That might be some of you. Some of you, maybe you just find yourself looking forward to resting a little bit better. You enjoy that time of rest and you're able to wind down a little bit better than some of the other people here. Um, And I like to kind of do a little bit of a survey of the room. Let's let's just kind of poll the room a little bit. I like to get you guys moving. If you find yourself a busybody, kind of working all the time, doing all the time. Let's have a show of hands. Some of the wives may be jabbing their husband, saying, that's you. You never stop. You never rest. Um, my wife would be saying the same about me. I'm, I, I have a hard time just laying down, not doing anything, when I know there are things to do around the house. It's almost like it's staring at me, mocking me, like, what are you doing sitting on the couch, you bum? You know, that's, it's, the work is, just, that's what it says to me. So I have a hard time resting at times. But for some of us, the other group of us, how many of you enjoy your rest? You love your Sabbath. You love your nap time. You love just laying before the presence of the, the Lord, right? That's, that's what you do. You enjoy that. And this is the thing. I, I, I want us to kind of really look at this. We, we want to look at work. We want to look at rest, Sabbath, and see what God's word says about this. Hopefully, hopefully by the end of today's message, we'll have a good understanding of what God's instruction says about it. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open them to Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, and then we'll jump over to verse 15. It says this, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed life into his nostrils and the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Verse 15. The Lord Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work. Some of your Bibles may say cultivate. But God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work or cultivate it and to keep it. And in those three scriptures, those three little verses, there's a few things I really want to draw our attention to. And the first one is this. If you look at verse 8, it says, God planted. It says, God planted. If you go back to the beginning of Genesis, you'll see where it says, God created the heavens and the earth. And then you'll see where God said, let there be light. So God created, 
And God spoke things into existence. And then we get to this verse and we see something different. It said, God planted. I don't know about you, but I really like the idea of my heavenly God getting down and working the ground that he just created to set the example for the creation that he just made in Adam to follow his example. I I never really noticed that before until reading these scriptures, preparing for today, where it said that God planted the garden that Adam was to work in. I, I love that. The second thing I want us to notice is this. Work was created by God. Work was created by God. So many of us will think, well, the devil created work. No, God created work. The devil got into work, but God created work. God is a part, or excuse me, work is a a, a part of God's original design for humanity. That was God's plan all the way. That he created something and then he had it to do a purpose, to have a purpose. And I also want us to notice this, that work is not a result of sin. Work is not a result of sin. Work preceded sin. God put Adam in the Garden of Eden to continue the work that he had already started. I don't know about you, but I had this wrong for many, many years. In my mind, when I was younger, I thought that work was a part of the fall of sin. In my mind, Adam and Eve, all they did was sit around in the garden, naming animals, eating on apples, butt naked. That, that in my mind, my childhood mind, because that's what my Bible, my little kid Bible showed me. Sure, there was a a strategically placed like branch in certain areas to cover them up, but they were naked. And so in my mind, I was like, how boring would it be is to just sit around not doing anything all day long. But now I get the understanding that God had much more planned for them to to work and to cultivate and to tend and to mend this beautiful garden. And if you continue to read it, God's plan wasn't just for them to stay in that garden. Eventually, his plan was that they would multiply, they would go off, and they would continue to overtake the world just as they took over the garden. That was God's original design for them. But this is what we need to understand. That so many times that we we look at work in a negative way, Light. I've got to go to work. A lot of times when we have conversation with people, work is always in the negative. Well, I'm here to say today, I enjoy my work. I love working at DCC. I'm looking right at the camera, Pastor Rocky. I love being the Trenton campus pastor. I, I, I honestly, I do love my job. I love the opportunity of working with people and, and, and serving God. And that's, that's the way I see it is no matter what I do, out of all the jobs that I've had, whether it be a lawn maintenance guy, whether it be a water delivery boy, whether it be working in a restaurant, uh, working for an electrical company, working at Rooms to Go warehouse, working all these different places, 
Everything that I did was in service of God. I wanted people to look at me and see my work ethic and realize there was something more to me. There was something greater in me, and that was Jesus Christ. And so a lot of times when we think of work as a negative aspect, we're not glorifying God when we do these things. However, the word of God tells us that God honors work. God honors work. Colossians 3, 23 and verse 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord you are serving. For some of us, we we need to let that soak into our spirit. That whatever job you are doing, don't look at it as you're serving that boss or that company, but you are serving the Lord. And if we have that mindset, it'll make it so much easier to go through our day. Even in the midst of people coming up against us. Even in the midst of dealing with Disgruntled and angry customers. Dealing with unsafe co-workers. We can still do everything to the glory and of serving God himself. It goes on to say in uh, Thessalonians 3 verse 10 and 11. It says this. For even when we were, uh, excuse me, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Can I, can I just stop for a moment? Can I just get a little soapbox and I'm just going to set it right here and I'm just going to stand on it for just, just a moment. I'm not going to stay here long. I just, I just want to stand on it for a moment. We call it soapbox time with Pastor Scott. But you know what? We are, parents, we are doing our kids a disservice by allowing them to just lay around and do nothing all day. And, and I know some of you may not know me. I've got a 17-year-old. I've got a 14-year-old. And I've got an 8-year-old. So I, I've gone through this a little bit. And, and in our house and in my house, our kids, they have to work. They have to clean their room. They fold their laundry. Sometimes they have to do their own laundry. They have to um, clean their bathrooms. There's times where they have to sweep. They have to do the dishes. They have to take out the trash. You know what? I'm such a horrible parent. Sometimes I even make my kids go outside and, and, and do yard work and maybe just play sometimes, you know, just get outside a little bit. And, and this is the thing. I also make them serve at church because my Bible tells me to train up a child in the way they should go. And, and notice, uh, and also on top of this, I don't give my kids any allowance for doing this. I, I just let them do this at the generosity of their, their own heart. And maybe if they don't do it, they don't eat, right? No, um, I feed, before you start calling 1-800-Hotline, whatever, um, I feed our children. We, we, we love our children very much. But, but because we do love them, I want to make sure that I'm setting my children up for success. 
And, and the same thing that God wanted Adam to do is be successful and have some type of purpose. I want to give my children understanding that they should have purpose and purpose in doing certain things and building pride in certain things. Also, can I, can I say something to some, maybe some of the, the younger parents here? When your child, your little Johnny or little Susie comes up to you and say, Mommy and Daddy, can I help you? Don't just tell them no. But I know it's going to take three times as long. But allow them to start helping you fold a little bit of the laundry. If you're OCD like me, you're going to go behind it and you're going to refold that pair of underwear or that towel, whatever it is. So it's perfect. But allow them to go ahead and start doing that. Because this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a day when you want them to work that they're not going to come ask you if they can help you work. We have to start training them up on the way they should go. Verse 11 continues on. It says, we hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, but they are busy bodies. And so doesn't that describe a lot of the world today? People are so, so busy, but they're not getting anything done. They're running around like chickens with their head cut off, going this way and that way, here and there. And they're not getting anything accomplished. They're not getting anything accomplished for their own sake. And they're not getting anything accomplished for the kingdom's sake. They're just running around looking busy. Busy bodies look busy, but in reality, they're busy with things that don't concern them. They, they get involved in aspects of other people's life and other things. And they take on responsibilities that they shouldn't assume as theirs. They're ineffective in what they are actually called to do because they're so busy trying to do everything else. Can I just speak to you for a moment, church? For some of us, God has given us a calling and a purpose But because we take up so many other mantles and so many other things that God hasn't called us to walk into, we're not able to fulfill the calling that God has had on our life. And we sit there and we wonder, God, why don't I feel, uh, why am I not feeling fulfilled in my life? Why do I not feel like that your hand is upon my life and your blessing is because you're doing other things that God has not called you to do? Pick up the mantle that God has called you to walk in and walk in that. When we take the responsibilities of the things that are on ours to uh, assume we're ineffective in what we are called to do. And we're, we, our schedules get chaotic because we're picking up all these things. And get this, the people that we love, the, the, the people that we love the most, those are the ones that this affects the most. Because now we're too busy to pour into their lives. Parents, don't get so busy. Don't get so involved with so many different things. Don't get so involved with your work that we miss out on spending time with our spouses. That we miss out spending time with our children. I I, I tell you what, there's no greater worry that I have in my life because I've seen this played out time and time again, especially within the areas of ministry. Where ministers will pour everything that they have into what they're doing, their calling, their vocation. But yet they miss out on raising their children. Parents, we've been given one of the greatest gifts that anyone could have, and that is to be a parent. Let's parent our children. Let's spend time with our children. Because I don't know about you, 
But eventually one day when they leave the house, and don't tell my eight-year-old I said that because she said she's never leaving. But one day when they leave the house, I want my, I want my children to want to come back. I want them to come visit Papa. I, I, I want them to bring their grandchildren to see me. That's something I want. But if we don't pour into them, if we're too busy for them now, they're going to be too busy for us later. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we need to be busy all the time. That is a lie from the enemy. We are not to be busy all the time. God has incorporated a time of rest in our lives. He's created a downtime for us. For so many of us, work is like this. Our lives are like this. It's busy. It's constant. It's moving. And for Sabbath, rest, it's still. And for some of us, it's like this and then this and this and this. But what I want to encourage you today is allow your life to become a rhythm. It's smooth. It's ongoing. We can flow into work and we can flow into rest very smoothly. Why? Because that's how God incorporated into our lives. Jesus did this perfect. Of course he would. He is perfect. But he did this phenomenal. If you read through the ministry of Jesus, he knew how to draw away from the crowds. There would be instances when Jesus would be ministering to thousands of people and the disciples would look around and be like, hey man, Peter, have you seen seen Jesus? Where is Jesus? Jesus would draw away from the crowds time and time again. There would be times where he would just leave the crowds. He would walk away from the ministry of healing people and doing all these different wonderful things that he did. He would walk away from the work that he was doing, the good work that he was doing. Why? Because he knew there was something greater to take place, and that was the Sabbath. That was that he needed to have rest. Too often we view Sabbath as a result of working hard. Rather, work is a reflection of Sabbathing well. Work is a benefit of resting well. The greatest work that you can do is after you are well, uh, excuse me, well rested. I don't know about you. Maybe you're better than me. But when I'm tired and I'm a little weary, I can't concentrate the best. When I'm tired, things start to get meshed together. I start thinking certain things. I start getting a little grumpy maybe. Don't, I don't need anything from you. Just make sure I'm on the right page. I'm not lying here before you. I get a little grumpy. I get a little irritated. And I've seen this. I know that I'm on my, the, 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 the verge of breaking that time. I'm stressed out. I got anxiety. I've got all this, this pressure on me to achieve what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and my kids can say the slightest thing or do the slightest thing. And I'll what? Snap at them sometimes. And they don't deserve that. I'm punishing them for me not resting or taking Sabbath for myself. That is not a disservice, or that's, that's not a service to my children. That is a disservice to them. That is not a service to my spouse. That is a disservice to my spouse. And when we get out of the harmony of resting well, Sabbathing well, Shabbat resting, and in our work time, these things tend to take 
charge. These things tend to take control of our lives. So what happens on the Sabbath day? This is when we take a break from work. This is when we get an opportunity to just relax. To just stop. To recover. To allow God to pour into us because we've been pouring everything out. It's time for us to get full. It's time for us to get filled. But too many of us, too often, are trying to just go around and, and, and just, just expand everything that we have. And we're not taking anything else in. And that's why we're finding ourselves being burned out. That's why we're having these midlife crises. This is why we are, are, are finding marriages on the verge of divorce. Our children not wanting to have relationship with us. It's because we're not able to have the enjoyment of Sabbath. God pours into you on the time of Sabbath so that we, the six days of the week, we can pour out into our jobs. We can pour out into our families. We can pour out into our responsibilities. God has established such things so that we can be better for our own life. Where we get into trouble is experience burnout is when we don't allow God the opportunity to pour back into us. We've got to be intentional about these things. And real quick, I just want to give you a little four Sabbath suggestions. Four little Sabbath suggestions. And the first one is this. Plan your Sabbath. Plan your Sabbath. If you're like me, I like to, I'm detailed. I like to have little things. I've got notes. If something's going on, I make a note. I, I make a little box beside it because don't you feel so rewarded when you're able to check off a little box? I don't know about you, but I know about me and how God created me. And, and I like to check that little box off. I like to see that I've gotten something done or cross it out, check it off your list. Whatever it is, I enjoy that type of stuff. For, for me, I like to plan things out. Now, there's some people in my circle that maybe... They're a little opposite of me. They're not as necessarily as detailed as I would like them to be. For me, I like to be somewhere at least 15 minutes or so early. All I heard was men's voices saying preach and amen. For me, I like to plan ahead. I know how long it takes me to get up, to shower, to do my hair, to get dressed, to get my clothes, to eat. If I eat, get whatever I need to get, get out the house. How long is it going to travel to get there? How much time to give for the expected traffic to such destination and, and that I'm going to? I plan all these things out and then I put a buffer on there for me to get to the place early. Why? Because I don't like being caught off guard. So if I do get to somewhere and it's not the right place or they're not quite open yet or whatever it may be, I'd like to be able to prepare for that. I like to plan ahead. But it, for sometimes I can't always do that. But this is the thing. For our Sabbath, we've got to plan it out. We've got to be intentional about it. We'll plan out our vacations months in advance. We'll plan out weddings years in advance. 
We plan, all, guys, if you're not planning violent Valentines and birthdays and anniversaries in advance, plan it out, right? Help you out there a little bit. Find a calendar. You got a phone. Put in a phone. Put a reminder in. Do something. Help yourself out. But this is the same thing in the mindset of the rest that we need to get. We need to plan it because if we don't plan it, most likely what? We're not going to, to do it. And this is the thing. For some of you, you may not be as organized as you need to be. I'm not going to say names. You know who you are. And this might just help you to get organized. Not only you, but if you are in a, 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 an employee, if you have a company and you plan your Sabbath, you can start training your workers, your, your co-workers or your staff to understand, look, this is the day that I have off. Plan accordingly. Know that if you need something, make sure you ask it in advance rather than bother me on my day off. I get it. Some of your schedules are, are, are very strategic. Some of you, you're not as much. And some of you, you, you just have to, you know, it, this is going to be my Sabbath today because I know this week, work week, I'm not going to be able to do it. And I understand that. But if we plan it out in advance, then God's able to bless us through these things. We're not going to hinder our work and our, our progress in our spiritual life because of our work schedule. Second one is this. We have to protect our Sabbath. Protect our Sabbath. Work is like a sneaky little ninja. It will find its way in. And it will do damage to you. If you plan to take a Sabbath, that's when you start getting phone calls like, hey, I need this done. Hey, this is, this is what's happened. I need, can you do this? Or, hey, do you have so-and-so off? You're like, yeah, that's my Sabbath day. Great, let's meet. And you're like, no, that's, that's my day. I, I don't want to meet with you. We have those people that you meet with them for like two minutes, and it's like two years. They're just draining. They, they take all the life out of you. They're, you know, they suck all the joy out of you know, life and, and enjoyment and of fun and everything. And you know who those people are. So why allow them to sabotage the rest that God has given us? You've got to protect it. You've got to plan it. You've got to protect it. Also, in the area of protecting, we need to get better at saying no. I was really bad at this, and I'm still working on this in, in some areas. But we've got to learn to say no. Sometimes people know if they ask us to do something, that we'll automatically say yes. And they take advantage of it. And, and I hate to say this, and we're, you know, we want to be nice. We want to be loving. We want to be helpful. I, I know I want to be those things. But in the areas of our spiritual growth, our areas of our rest, areas of our family and, and, and the, the responsibilities that we have, we need to protect these things. And sometimes we have to say no. Sometimes we have to simply say, I can't do that for you on this day, but possibly I could do it on another day. Protect your Sabbath. Third one is this. Don't be all legalistic about it. Don't be legalistic about your, your Sabbath. 
Don't be a Pharisee. Pastor Rocky mentioned this last week, Mark 2, 27. It says, then he, being Jesus, said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So many times we feel like we can't do certain things on, on this day because it's such and such. You know, the Pharisees would say you can't walk on grass because it would bend the grass and that was considered work. They got onto Jesus and his disciples because they were hungry one day on a Sabbath and they were walking through the wheat field and they grabbed some heads of wheat and they rolled it together and they, they ate. They said, why are, why are your disciples working on the Sabbath? And Jesus started going through a process with them of understanding exactly what it was. And then he has that conversation with them. Look, God created Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. Don't get it all twisted. Don't be legalistic with it. Enjoy your Sabbath. And the fourth one is this. And I really want to put some, some focus and some thought on this one. Is this. Do what is restful. Do what is restful. For me, our day off, our Sabbath at the office here is Mondays. I'll be honest with you. When I came into uh, Newberry and here at DCC, we did not protect our Sabbath where we worked before. Our days off were Fridays, but if you have an event on Saturday, guess what you were doing on Friday? You were setting up for that event on Saturday. And so what we did was we ended up finding ourselves working a lot of times on our days off, especially me. I would go into our youth building. I would build certain things. I would set up certain things. I would do this. I would do that. I was constantly, constantly working. And I'm looking at myself wondering, why am I so emptied? Why am I so burned out? And it wasn't until we came here and Pastor Rocky started doing this Sabbath thing. And I really had to take a look at how I dealt with this Sabbath. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't do a good job with it. And for me, as a worker, someone that likes to do a lot of different things, that likes to be busy, I had a hard time not coming into the office on certain days, not coming in and doing the extra work in the months of July. But it was understanding that it was for my benefit and for understanding that it was for the glory and for the kingdom advancement that this needed to take place. So do what is restful. If laying around and reading a book is good for you, great. Because that is not for me. That may be your rest. That is my torture. Okay? Guys, prominently get a lot of guys. I think we understand this. Where God has created us in a way to do and to work. But we can be sensible in this. For, for some of us, and I fall in this category, or, and I, it's, it's, I don't know if it's psychotic, but like organizing a closet or a garage or a shed. I love it. I love it. I love just being able to get in, just take everything out, clean things up, put it all in its right. I'm OCD. I like putting it all in its right place. And for me, that is enjoyment. I get things out of that. For me, again, might be psychotic. I enjoy mowing a yard, pulling up weeds, 
doing some yard stuff, I enjoy doing some of those. But if you're a landscape person, that's probably one of the last things you ever want to do on your day off. So this is what I'm trying to say. Find what gives you joy. Find what gives you rest. Find what you can do and you can meditate on God. You can spend time in the presence of God. You can interact with God and you can be filled by God. Find those things and allow it to be your day of Sabbath. Unfortunately, with Mondays being our days off, a lot of times what I find myself doing is doing things that need to get done, like grocery shopping. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is not one of my restful things. I, I want to feed my children. I want to make that clear. I want to feed my children. I want, to, I want to provide for my family. But for me to take my Sabbath and go to the grocery store, that is stressful. That is not enjoyment. For me to go to a doctor's visit or the, the dentist on my Sabbath, that is not restful. So I say this. If you're able to protect your Sabbath, don't fill up with other things that you aren't able to do during the rest of the week. Find time in your schedule to go shopping. That's what we need to do, babe. Find time in our schedule to go shopping. Find time in your schedule to go to a doctor's visit. And I understand doctor's visits are hard to get in. You just get in whenever you can. I get it. But again, we've got to plan these things out. We've got to be intentional because if we're not, we're going to miss out on it. In closing, Luke 10, 38, 42. is a very familiar story. It's one between two sisters, Martha and Mary. We'll pick it up, verse number 38. It says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she and her sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, him being Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This past week, me, my wife, and my family, we were serving at our youth camp down in Waimama, Florida with our denomination. And as great and as wonderful it is, there's a lot of work that takes place. And for me, on certain roles and committees that I'm in, there's, there's tasks that I have to do. And when everybody else is focused on worship and the message, I was like, okay, this is a perfect time for me to go away to do what I need to get done and nobody calling me on the radio, nobody asking me to fix a broken toilet or whatever it was, a locked out, all the stuff that they came in and bothered me with. Now I could just focus on what I needed to get done. And here I am doing what I needed to get done in the midst of all the work that I was doing and I get a text from the one who loves me the most. And she says, where are you? I said, I am working. I'm finishing this so that all this can be done for the rest of the week. 
And she just simply said, try not to be a Martha. And I'll be honest with you. In my spirit, I started to rise up a little bit of defensiveness. What do you mean be a Martha? Here I am at youth camp trying to get this stuff done for these kids. But then the Holy Spirit checked me. He said, look, there's hundreds of people over here worshiping, lifting their hands, glorifying God. And you're here by yourself. God's called me to serve and equip. And here I am doing my own little thing when I could go and be in the presence of God. We, like Adam, are called to continue the work that God has placed on our lives. And we have to take an opportunity. We have to be intentional. We have to be purposeful to allow God opportunities to pour in to our life. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.